2: Damashek, Dave, NFL, Dave, Football,
1: Damish.
0: It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damoshek. What's going down? Hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 34 of the Dave Damoshek Football Program. Available on iTunes. Go ahead and subscribe, won't you? Also, of course, at davedamoshek.nfl.com. A big week of NFL football. What else is new? It's always a big week of NFL football, it seems, with so many juicy storylines. Let's kibitz about all of them with our pal from NFL.com, from NFL Fantasy Live program, from the Pick 6 segment, it's our chum, Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? What's happening, boss? Thank How you are for you? having me. I'm great. I'm going to get to your theme music. Fear not. I know you love I your, your, your okay. new theme song that was cooked up by the one-man house band, Dick Banks. I just don't want to go music intro right into your stuff. So let's quickly, it's episode 34. Mm-hmm. Let's first do what we do, and then let's get into the juicy storylines out there. Matt Leinard, Timmy Tebow the collapse of the Jets at the hand of Mark Sanchez and beyond we got to yap about all of it the playoff implications cuz it's time now we you know we're close to me once you get to mid November once you can start to smell the turkey cooking up on Thanksgiving it's time to start taking these games seriously and analyzing the playoff implications of of uh, of each and every week but like we do near the top of every show we analyze we talk about what player in NFL and sports history wore the jersey number associated with the episode number best and 34 we're in a, we're really in the sweet spot we did 32 of course a couple of weeks ago that set off a firestorm of controversy <laughs> When you said Magic Johnson was better than Michael Jordan, because number 32 Magic, you declared him the best NBA player of all time, better than Michael Jordan, and a lot of uh, discussion about that. Little we treat- may even
2: have somebody who could help settle this debate I was going to say,
0: I, I, I don't, I'm trying to tease ahead, but it's a Let's podcast say. so people can know. It's yeah. Jalen Rose. You, you, you caught up with him in the hallways here I at did. the NFL Network. I like this idea, Rank. We were talking about it a couple weeks ago. That I think people it, – it's sort of like those uh, – ESPN though, this is sports center commercials. Uh-huh. The uh you know, everybody enjoys those. The you know, that they're just mascots and Hall of Famers knocking around the hallways there. <clears throat> In fact, that is the case here at the NFL network. Of course, you know, you have Michael Irvin, Marshall Falk. We, we 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 sat just this past Sunday and kibitzed with Michael Irvin about the early nineties cowboys. He had some great anecdotes, some appropriate for air, some <laughs> not. But I said, you know, why don't we just start to take advantage of that? There really are guys just walking around each and every day. Let's just catch up with them for little mini interviews. Yes. You know, walk in the halls, you yeah. know, and to, walk hey, in the halls. come on over here, Jalen Rose. What are you doing here? Let's yap about it for a minute here. Mm-hmm. And you did that with Jalen Rose yesterday, didn't you? Absolutely. All right, so that's a tease. That's what they that's call a tease, tease. Yes. And you also caught up with the famous L.A. Rams slash Pittsburgh Steel or future Hall of Famer named Jerome Bettis. Absolutely. All right, so we'll look forward to that. But now. Number thirty-four. So we did thirty-two, then thirty-three last week. We made it. Tony Dorsett, mm-hmm. among a, you know great uh, Hall great of Fame names of there them. with Kareem. Thirty-four. Wait, did we go him over Kareem? We went Tony Dorsett. Yes, we decided on Tony Dorsett. That was the correct decision too. I decided what? now. Well, you can't, I, I'm, I, well, you can't right, have sorry. it both okay, ways. Okay. You can't say Magic Johnson's the best because he had to carry those Lakers teams and then out of the other side of your mouth say Kareem should be the greatest 33. Was he carrying Kareem Wait. or was Kareem the greatest 33 in sports history? Now, let's, let's turn the page from that. 34 we're on. Sweetness, Walter Payton. It's a great, you know, it's a rich number. Who, who all do we have at number 34? We have Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson. Shaq Fu. Shaq Fu wore it for a little bit. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem, the forgotten, the dream is the guy who I think when history looks back at the great centers in NBA history, Hakeem is not going to be in that top four or five, but he belongs there, I say. Yes. And in fact, the thing that makes Michael Jordan look a little bit better in, in in my book is, and this is counter to my argument that Michael Jordan is unquestionably the best player of all time is that in the mid-'90s, when he happened to be retired slash banished from the league by Commissioner Stern, whatever the story is there, when he took those two years off, it just so happened that the Houston Rockets rose up there. Now, if Michael Jordan and the Bulls had had to play Houston, they would not have beaten them. I don't think the three-headed monster in Chicago at center would have been able to handle Akeem at all. Those the The, the Achilles heel of those Bulls teams always was their inability to slow down centers and I think Akeem would have had him for lunch. And I think the the uh, the legend of Michael Jordan that he once you get to the finals he was going to carry you from there. I think it would have been tarnished by a loss to the Rockets and Akeem in the finals. Probably
2: consecutive losses. Houston still goes back to back in those. Two I
0: agree. Years. I agree with that. But all right. So who else do
2: we have at thirty four?
0: Andre Saint Andre Saint Laurent of the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins in the early eighties. That's mm-hmm. one I can. I, I'm sure you weren't going to come up with
2: the H bomb, Herschel Walker.
0: Herschel Walker, New Jersey Generals. Yes. Kirby Puckett.
2: Kirby. Wow. Fernando so, Valenzuela. Yikes! What a group. And actually, there's a lot of 34s around Angel Stadium too, because that was the number that Nick Aidenhart was wearing. Nick Aidenhart, the Angels rookie pitcher who was killed tragically in a in a car accident. So you see a lot of people wearing the Nick Aidenhart jersey in remembrance of him. And Marcus Dupree. Wow. Way back. Marcus in the day. Dupree. No. Twenty two. Not At when Oklahoma. he played for the Rams. When he was an LA Ram, he wore thirty-four. Ah, I would not have gotten that one.
0: All right, so I say we say sweetness. Absolutely. Right, uh, the long and short of it, sweetness. Akeem's up upda- there. Akeem is well, very Ray high up there. Ray upda- Allen
2: was pretty good too,
0: and Ray Allen. Right, wow, what a number. All right, so we give it to Walter Payton, and now let's turn the page. But quickly, let's hear uh, Rank's theme music here.
2: it Rank. A job well done. I love it every time I hear it. French fries are on me, fellow. <laughs> Del know, Taco? Del Taco French fries?
0: Oh, Del Taco Chili Cheese Fries. I don't know about that. What? What I, do know, what I do know about is a lot of people miss the boat on this. When you go to the diner next time and they offer you an open-faced uh, turkey sandwich, they always give you the mashed potatoes on the sides with gravy. Say, waiter, if you please replace those, those mashed potatoes with some French fries, but keep the gravy on them. Hear me now. Believe me later. That's Dave Damashek's culinary tip of the day. Don't give me that look, rank. Let's move <laughs> on to football. And there are a lot of directions we can look right now. And uh, let's start, though, with the Houston Texans, who quietly, it's, it's interesting, a couple of weeks ago, I went on Twitter and said that while everybody's distracted by the Steelers versus the Ravens and the Patriots versus the Jets and so on, the best team in the AFC – is the Texans. And a lot of people scoffed at that. How dare you? You're ridiculous and all that. But the Texans were the best team. And now the news that Matt Schaub is out for the season. Do you think they're, let's try to uh, try and and engage this thing. Are they done for? Are they going to win the division? Are they going to get a wild card? Are they a legitimate threat to still go to the Super Bowl with Matt Leinart? Or is it TBD based on what Matt Leinart we're going to get? Because, I do Let's think, not be wishy-washy. You can't just be TBD. What do you think, Leinert's going to do? I think. I here's what I say about Matt Leinert. In be, because of Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Ryan and now Cam Newton, the prevailing wisdom is that a rookie QB and Mark Sanchez, I guess for that matter, although he's dreadful, I hate to mention him in the same breath, but. There are a lot of QBs that from their rookie season come in and have some success. So I think the expectation is that your quarterback should be able to do that in his rookie season. But keep in mind, Mark, Matt Leinart barely has played in the NFL. And coming out after his junior year, he might have been the top overall pick. And remember that whole thing, he ends up dropping to 10 after his senior season. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people thought that uh, you know that he was going to be a star in the league. And now a lot of people look at him and say he just does not have the arm strength. To make it as a pro, but he's barely been on an NFL field. And I think he deserves in an era also where Tony Romo has had a half dozen years to try and earn his keep. <laughs> Doesn't Matt Liner deserve a shot here now? I mean, uh, it, it will be interesting. I'm not, I've not declared, I'm not making jokes about how bad Matt Liner is. We've barely even seen him. How do we know he's going to be terrible, especially in that offense? Great offensive line. And I dare say, That of all the things you can evaluate for what makes an NFL quarterback successful, the coordinator, the weapons he has to throw the ball to, all the different things you want to talk about, the number one factor, offensive line. Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger can succeed without a great offensive line, but every other quarterback in the league requires it, and the Texans have it. And they can run the ball behind that offensive line. Obviously, we know they have great runners. He has a great target to throw the ball to and Andre Johnson, who coming out of the bye should be, uh, you know, should be ready to go there. And the defense is very good. It's number one. Wade Phillips has turned him around. So I know it's easy to say the Texans are done for without Matt Schaub. And, my, and, and, you know, of course, at first blush, I think they are in trouble. I'm not necessarily assuming that Matt Lyon is just going to
2: fall on his face and be some sort of a bum. He was replaced by a Hall of Famer. I mean, it's not like that they benched him for Derek Anders Well, actually, they did kind of do that. Ken Wisenhunt kind of sent uh, sent Matt Leonard on his way. But it is kind of funny because you look at the way the team's constructed in Houston, very similar to what USC did, where you have a lot of good running backs who can come in and take the take the early downs and run, run wild. You got Ben Tate to go with Arian Foster, even Derek Ward scoring. So even any of those three running backs are fine. They have Andre Johnson who's coming back. So, yes, in a limited situation, Matt Leinart can be very successful. I'm going to say he's good enough to get them into the playoffs. And it's funny because now when I finally come around in the Texans, this is what happens. I know, but I do think that they hold on to win the division. And I think that Boy, they – But what about – you know what? It's better for Tennessee, though, because now that Houston doesn't run away with it, and i assuming they play one more time and that maybe Tennessee can kind of sneak in. Now Tennessee is still a viable team – in that AFC wild card race.
0: If they can beat the Texans head to head. And it's interesting the implications, too, of the Jets game on. Oh, wait, wait, what am I doing? I'm burying the lead. First of all, kudos to one Dave Damashek for calling what was going to happen. Talk about the AFC playoff picture. Who told you a week ago that the Ravens would not win at Seattle? I told you that their Ahab like obsession with the Moby Dick Steelers would cost them. And sure enough,
2: it did. It did, and I was able to use that for fantasy purposes because I played Marshawn Lynch this week. Turned out to be a great move. But that's all because of you turning us on to this potential loss.
0: Well, I, you know, it's interesting now, though, because who's great in the AFC? Nobody, Nobody, really. Who's scary? Who do you think is definitely the favorite to get out of the AFC? It's really hard to, to figure Raiders. out. The Raiders. Yes. You know, the Raiders maybe do come on here, and in a bum division with those matchups still to, to play themselves out, maybe they do emerge there. If, in fact, the Chargers are lousy. If we are assuming that they stink, They're done. then the Raiders might end up with one of those top
2: two seeds. What about if it's not the Raiders? What would happen if the Ravens played the Steelers in the divisional round? Would they come out flat in the AFC Championship game? No. Would they dump the Gatorade on John Harbaugh again? That's an celebrate. interesting question. Would they pull out hats? Would they have specially made hats that said, we beat the Steelers in the playoffs? They may as well because
0: they're shameless with that sort of stuff. But I think that the Ravens would they Would they show beat up the-, the next week? I, I, you know, this year I don't want the Steelers, as a Steeler fan, I don't want them to play the Ravens. The old cliche goes, oh, it's hard to beat the same team three times in one year. Yeah, you know what's harder to do? Is to after you lose twice to a team to come back and beat them. There's a reason why they're beating you. There's a that's not just some fluke that you've lost. That the odds, hey, the odds are on our side. We eventually have to win something. That's the same sort of thing that'll get you into trouble in Vegas at the twenty-one table. Yeah. Hey, I've lost a lot in a row yeah. here. It's got It's my turn to turn it around. That's not a good idea. If you in football or in any sport, when you've already lost twice to a team, there's a reason for that. They they seem to, the matchup seems to favor them. So don't bank on your team getting them the third time around. So I I'm hoping to avoid that one. But really, isn't it all so much noise? Isn't it isn't it moot because you're just looking to play for the right to lose to the Packers in the Super Bowl? True. <laughs> yes. I mean the Packers are even in the year when the when the Patriots were doing what they were doing. I, I guess it's comparable to that. I can't remember another season where there was one team that is so much better than the, every other team in the NFL. But True. nobody hates
2: the Packers. No. What
0: gives? Nobody –
2: we're not going to – when do we finally turn on the
0: pack? Well, they're about beer and cold weather and Aaron Rodgers seems like a swell fella and they overcame all those injuries. What's what's the hate about them? What are we supposed to dislike? But we
2: thought that way about Tom Brady. We thought, oh, you we know, did. he's a good-looking guy. Everybody loves him. Oh, yeah, that was a long time when, ago. But, you know, and then at some point it changes. Will there ever be a time when people will change, when they will – turn on the Green Bay Packers. By
0: virtue of winning too much, eventually there's going to be a percentage of the population that turns against you. But uh, yeah, I think they're positioned to, if they win this one this year, not only will Aaron Rodgers fulfill my uh, the destiny that I, that I placed on his shoulders of going down in history as the greatest quarterback of all time. And that talk will really gain momentum. In earnest, people will talk about it. Have you heard how many people are talking about Aaron Rodgers as the best quarterback ever now? And people are talking as though it's a revelation. Hey, I'm going to go out on a limb and say something. Hey, guess what? Everybody, get in line. Dave Dameshek was the first one on that wagon.
2: Why are you looking at me? You want me to validate that? Yes, I do. Okay, you okay. were. I kind of remember talking about that before when I was on a fantasy show way back. What about two years ago when I made the same claim? Everybody was thought I was crazy, but no that's one all right. watched that. No one watched
0: it <laughs> Now, what about you say the Raiders and I? I'm inclined to agree with you that they're going to get out of the AFC West, but the Chargers are, are a train wreck, and that's bad news with Vincent Jackson and Phil Rivers not getting along. North Turner, North Turner is not a charismatic leader to resolve all the issues in the what locker room. More,
2: what more do we need to see out of North Turner? Where does anybody get the idea that he's going to turn it around? It's the same thing that happened in Washington. He had way too long of a stay in Washington. Things started going bad, and the same thing is happening in San Diego. And another thing, too, is that everybody always likes to dismiss this notion of, like, well, forget what he did with the Raiders. No, we should remember what what he did with the Raiders. And everybody makes fun of Al Davis. He got a little kooky when he was older, but Al Davis was smart enough to say, you know what, I made a mistake. I'm getting rid of this guy. But the Chargers just kept letting him hang around and hang around. And you see the same thing year after year. This team underachieves. And they never fulfill what everybody thinks. I mean, I thought they could be a Super Bowl team this year. I don't know why I picked such things, but I wasn't the only one saying that. But yet, you know, this is what we should have expected all along.
0: It's also, you know, I agree with you. And so I think he goes at the end of the year. And I don't think they really get back on track to the point that they're going to win that division. But are they
2: really that talented? Because they always say that. They that always, is the
0: that is the, the, like, the rhetoric that they're the most talented team. But, but are they really, I agree. They're
2: terrible you. on both lines. Their lines are too – I think you got to get rid of him and then just get A.G. Smith out of the but Because they made that trade. They made the trade for Eli Manning. And everybody's like, hey, what a great trade. Because they got Phil Rivers, they got Sean Merriman, they got Nate Kading. How did that really work out? Sean Merriman was a bust. Nate Kading missed all those pressure kicks in the playoffs. That actually – when you look back at that trade, I still believe that they got the better quarterback. If Philip Rivers was playing in New York, he would have won that Super Bowl. But it's not like it was a great train robbery that everybody makes it out to be. And then they talk about, oh, he picks up Eric Weddle. That's a miss. Ryan Matthews is always hurt. I don't get it. It's, it's almost the same thing that you do when you talk about Bill Polian. Like, what's he been doing for the last five years? Has he just been phoning it in? Because that team's awful. Yeah. Whether they had Peyton Manning or not, and everybody goes, oh, you know, this shows how important Peyton Manning is. No, that team would be below 500 with Peyton Manning regardless because that team is so
0: bad and by the way to that point everybody is talking about how now the colts have the inside track on andrew luck those awful colts fans wearing andrew luck jerseys <laughs> i'm not i think peyton manning is overrated you and i rank have gone on and on about that on the record that peyton manning is overvalued historically he's great but he's not that great he's not he's, he's no better than the third or fourth best qb of the general of this era i i, I think now Everybody is assuming that the Colts are going to use that first overall pick, assuming they still wind up with it. On luck, I say no. Do you think Peyton Manning, if the expectation is that Peyton Manning's going to play for another three or four years, do you really think that that, that Polian and company say – yeah, well, let's just uh, let's just get his back up now. Do you think they're really going to burn the first overall pick? No, I think they'll trade out of that spot or use it on someone else to get to build up to beef up that offensive line to the point that I made earlier that that's the most important thing for success as an NFL quarterback is to be able to be kept upright, especially a guy like Peyton Manning. Or do they get add another weapon as Reggie Wayne seems to be on the fade here, or a great defensive player? The the, the idea that the Colts are definitely going to take Andrew Luck, I think, is uh, is assuming too. Much much if they are behind Peyton Manning and his uh, his promise to play another few years what they're going to want what Peyton Manning's going to want is another piece to the puzzle so that they're a legitimate contender next year
2: you're right there but what would you do what do you think's the right move I think Peyton Manning holds enough
0: sway in there that he well, what will talk do you think? Into now, it. don't
2: tell me what you think. What do you think is the right move? I don't like a guy at that age gonna... with
0: that neck injury. I would uh, probably take Andrew Luck. But what I might also consider is doing what you just referred to, like the uh, Chargers did. I would get some. I'd get multiple picks for that first overall pick. There, guy, something you and I have talked about. The idea that Andrew Luck is the end all, be all. In that draft, the 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 2012 draft, the first round is going to be one of those historic drafts with a number of uh, of high pedigree college guys coming in. Nick Foles out of Arizona, Matt Barkley's coming out, uh, Landry Jones, yeah, possibly uh, Griffith the third out of Baylor. Who else are we thinking? Who else am I thinking of? Yeah, but there's a lot of Landry good guys. Jones.
2: Yeah, the Colts have to take a quarterback.
0: Is there a worse quarterback matchup? than the one we're going to have on Thursday night. Two teams that are actually profile, in contention. They're in contention for playoff spots in spite of having arguably two of the five worst quarterbacks in the league. There's an allegory to be made. Everybody likes to do it with Tim Tebow and the religion stuff, but I do feel like in the religion of Tebow, I'm an atheist, because <laughs> and it, the, whole, the whole idea with that sort of thing is, is uh, well, it's, it's not what you can see with your eyes. You just have to have faith. And I'm not seeing it with my eyes, and therefore I do not believe in Tim Tebow. He's an NFL quarterback completing two passes. And the main reason why he's doing that, I'm going to stand by this, and people can continue to hit me up on Twitter and badmouth me, at Damashek, by the way, and at Adam Rank is a way to get to your pal Rank there. Um, I, I stand by the idea that... It's because he's playing bum teams. And when he and look at what the Broncos have on the horizon. They're going to be playing some legitimate teams starting
2: Thursday night against the Jets. GQ cover boys going at it. But what point do you have to just accept Tim Tebow's winning games? He's winning games. He's putting up fantasy points. He's playing points. bad teams. That's what I write it off to. So at what point who does he have to
0: beat? If he beats the Jets, will that yes. change your mind? Yes. How about that? Will that will that satisfy you if he beats the Jets? I just
2: ask I'm asking what'll satisfy you because you're the one who's skeptical. I like
0: I say I have no faith that he is a long-term option he happens to benefit from being in a bad division that's the only reason they're relevant at all right now is because they're uh a game back this
1: is
2: the NFL this is the parody driven NFL half the teams are going to be bad probably most of the teams are Don't give me that this is the NFL jazz I that know, is, like, in this like, league
0: in the national football tell- league
2: this isn't this isn't other sports where there's like elite teams and then a bunch of bottom feeders everybody's just kind of meh. all right well, you're going to get you're going to get 10 ma average there's no way pitch-ups.
0: Or I give it a 2% chance, two as in the number of passes he completed last week, a 2% chance that a team that is going to try and grind you the way the Broncos are doing it can hang on and stay in the mix and make the playoffs. There's just no way that you can have a quarterback perform that way, never stretch the ball past 20 yards downfield. It just can't be. But since we're talking about AFC West quarterbacks, you're, you're dismissing Tyler Palco. Hey listen, I watched Tyler Palco play for the Pitt Panthers. It looked like he was going to be a great one, but his the high watermark was his sophomore season when he swore on the field. Remember that? Yeah. After they beat the Irish in oh, yeah. in, in South Bend and he uh, said something to the effect of him so uh Bleeping proud of my team. What like was that. and he got grief for that, right? Yeah, he did. He's a college. It's so kid. ridiculous. Well, you don't do that in the shadow oh. of touchdown. Jesus, I yeah. heaven yeah. forbid you talk that way. But Tyler, that's Palco, what
2: people are upset about. Yeah. Well, he's like the a- thing. I'd be more concerned about what was going on at Penn State than worrying about some kid cursing.
0: All this talk about the hurricanes, dressing in fatigues at the ninety at the eighty-six Fiesta Bowl, tattoos, all that stuff doesn't seem so grim anymore. Charming, it's charming, does it? It's yeah. charming actually. It, it kind of is. But Tyler Palco is not just a lefty, but he he has the same level of arm as Tim Tebow. Actually, probably a little <laughs> bit better than Tim Tebow. How about the fact that if Mike Vick gets out on the field this weekend, we'll have no fewer than four southpaw quarterbacks under center in the NFL. And I'm amazed Damashek didn't get a call because I've got the cannon
2: attached to the left shoulder blade. No calls <laughs> for me, but I also put said out the challenge for Tim Tebow. I want to have a throw off with him. We can let we can let you in the mix too. Wow, that would be great. A three a three man challenge of who can throw the ball.
0: Like when I almost uh, like when I almost dropped the gloves and went to fisticuffs with Wayne Gretzky at uh, <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel Live years ago. If I had pummeled a hockey player. <laughs> What would you that should say? have done
2: it just for the story. I That's think what I said. I've it.
0: I've said many times before. It was in the name of Lemieux that I would have uh, I would have brawled with with uh, ninety nine Gretzky. And likelihood is he's a world class athlete. He would have whipped me. But good. But what if? Yeah. What if I turned his lights Did you out? Sucker punch. What him? a humiliation! Would he that ran? end any talk forever that uh, that he's better than Lemieux? Well, no,
2: because he was never considered a tough guy. I know,
0: but still. A, a loser, you would have nerd just, like me beating no, you, you up. You just the would have been greatest. known as it would have A-hole. been a black eye for the sport. That's no, for you sure. would
2: have been known as the a hole who punched Kretzky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now listen. Now let's have this conversation quickly. Point Break replacements. Johnny Utah versus Shane Falco. I find it remarkable that Keanu Reeves, in not one but two movies, has portrayed a football player, a quarterback. From Ohio State, Johnny Utah in in uh, in Point Break, they talk about his past at Ohio State that he took his team to the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. and uh, b- people like to be cute and ask on Twitter who's better, you know, Falco or Utah. Which QB would you want? The answer, of course, is Johnny Utah. He took his Ohio State Buckeyes to the Rose Bowl. Falco, on the other hand. Went to the Sugar Bowl and lost, and he dumped the game. He gambled on it, and that's why he's not in the NFL. Wait, the is he a gambler?
2: I think so. No, I... he was just bad. Footsteps Falco, he didn't recover. He had concussion problems. Wait a second. That's I why think he, he shaved points. Though. No, that's no, stink no, on no, 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 no. Are you sure? He had concussions, and he kept hearing footsteps. His nickname was Footsteps but Falco. But I thought he also
0: shaved points. No. No? You're reading into it. Maybe I am, but that's the backstory. <laughs> Could
2: but... you imagine that? That movie wasn't that deep
0: well i don't know, but either way, Utah went to the Rose Bowl, and, as you know, fifteen or twenty years ago, it used to be that if you're the Big Ten champion, your reward was going to the Rose Bowl. So that Ohio State Buckeyes team under the watch of Utah went to the Rose Bowl did Falco's team no, they went to the Sugar Bowl, meaning that those Buckeyes that year probably lost to Michigan or Penn State or somebody like that, and as a consolation prize were sent to the Sugar Bowl, ergo, Utah. Over Falco, end of story.
2: But it does Wait, make me think. But if it's different eras, what if that team that went to the Rose Bowl was eight and four, but they still won? Don't bob the Rose me Bowl.
0: down with your jive. I've told you what the answer is. <laughs> now, what I do think though is that the like I mentioned that Keanu Reeves. What is that? What are the odds? It's I find it remarkable that in not one but two movies he played an Ohio State quarterback. And why he, Ohio State? I don't know, but the thing that I love about it is, the thing that I go crazy about is that that might be the coolest thing for one actor in his acting career with the possible exception of Kevin Spacey mm-hmm. who in both Seven and The Usual Suspects is depicted by a police sketch artist. Do you remember? Yeah yeah yeah, when yeah, yeah, yeah. He has the run-in with Brad Pitt uh-huh. in The Rain. He goes back and he describes Brad Pitt does what Kevin Spacey looked like, and we see a, a crew drawing of Kevin Spacey. Right. Same thing in usual suspects, the Russian guy or whatever it is who who can't speak English, he's dying in the in the hospital bed because he's burned. He describes Spacey, and he produces a, 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 a as a matter of fact a better image. Right. of oh, a, yeah. And in fact, the police sketch artist from Seven should feel some professional shame <laughs> that his peer. <laughs> outdid him in the drawing. <laughs> That's true. That's right. You're thinking people say, well, but, you know, he, Brad Pitt only saw Spacey in the rain. The counter to that is the police sketch artist was having it passed along secondhand to, by the tra- trans Yeah,
2: but the, the guy in The Usual Suspects knows who Kevin Spacey is and is probably cheating because he knows who he's drawing and he's drawing Kevin Spacey. What if the guy in Seven didn't know who he was driving? Or who he was drawing, rather. Was Kevin Spacey—how well known was he when Seven came out? Was Seven um, first?
0: I don't remember, but that's my—but I like this in movies when guys have— Ed Norton is -hmm. another guy. For some reason, about 90% of the movies he's made involve him being in prison for at least one scene. Think about how many movies well, I think where Connie- Ed Norton has been caged. He's always in jail. It's always a storyline in an Ed Norton movie is that he had to spend time in jail. Larry Flint, he's the attorney, even he goes behind bars, white collar style. But he's Wait, a, I, no. think, I think American History Clooney- X. He's in the joint. The Hulk was caged. Mm-hmm. You know, that, er, er, almost every the one where he's schizophrenic and he ha- or he has the multiple personalities. That
2: whole his breakout picture. He's in right. jail. What gives there? Well, I think Clooney might have him beat. How Clooney's sucks. got at least four where he's coming in or out of jail. He's getting paroled. He has Ocean's Eleven, mm-hmm. from dusk till dawn. Right, he's out out in of jail, sight. There, right? Oh, brother, where art thou? Oh yeah. So there's at least four for Clooney. I think uh, his role in Facts of Life, he was a convict too. <laughs>
0: Is that the backstory for him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why. Uh, that's why.
2: Joe that's how he ends up so at Edna's Edibles. <laughs> it's a work release program. All right. Well, listen. Um, it was New England. It was either that or driving the drop snow plow. I like, like this. Foxborough.
0: Let's see if we can scare up uh, some. Uh, if I'm missing any, hit me up on the Twitter at Damashek or at Adam Rank. Let us know what other actors seem to have had these interesting little uh, recurrences in mm-hmm. in in the storylines of their uh, the backstories of their characters. Drop us a line. Um, also, very quickly, I want to mention because we have uh, some other stuff to get to here. I also uh, want to yap about the the David Nelson incident in in Cowboy Stadium. Okay of course, the wide receiver for the Bills, caught a touchdown pass, made way over to his Cowboys cheerleader girlfriend, gave Mm -hmm. her the football. A lot of people had a lot of opinions on this. I'll tip my hand here and tell you on the shame report this week, which you can track down at NFL.com, I address it, and I have to meditate on this one. It was not an easy decision because as a man, I admire him. You know, a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, that's up there with like Lakers girl or – uh, you know, if you're Rob Very Gronkowski, iconic, yes. if you're Rob Gronkowski, uh, uh, you know, a lady who, <laughs> who performs on film. What, you know, but these are like
2: Reggie Bush. Yeah, right.
0: Exactly. So I think David Nelson. So I admire him. And by the way, I think it's the Trump card over the Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys, you're killing us. Yeah, you're, you're, you, you beat us 44 to 7. But then again, I'm taking one of your ladies home with me. You know, <laughs> who's the winner
2: now? You yeah, do you understand what I mean? That's the better move.
0: I think that's pretty good. He's but, the
2: ultimate winner in that scenario. But I
0: wonder if I wonder if Jerry Jones and company say, I'm sorry, you can no longer be a part of our group because we now know that your heart is not in it when you're jumping about and shaking the pom poms for the Cowboys. We know your heart's not in it. You're rooting for another. You'd prefer to see the Bills win. And so I don't know that Betrayal. You can, I don't know that she's can be allowed to continue. I'm sorry. And maybe David Nelson's the one who put her in that position, so that's why I say shame. shame. Shame all the way around. Shame. Oh, wow. That's right. I had to do it. I, I, I didn't. It, it's, think- not like, it's not like I just willy-nilly announced shame.
2: I feel that the reason the Bills were so unprepared is that the Cowboys planted a fake playbook in the Nelson household that she left behind. David Nelson picks it up. It's like an episode of The Brady Bunch. It raises he a lot of. He picks it up. He goes and goes, oh, look, here's what yep. the Cowboys are going to do. They changed it. It was a dummy playbook. Wow! Well you've uh, apparently someone else was up all night thinking about <laughs> things, and
0: I appreciate that. I appreciate your commitment to figuring <laughs> these things out instead of just spitting out what everybody wants to hear. Good for you, Adam. Thank you. All right. Thinking, uh, speaking of what everybody wants to hear, it's uh, it's everybody's favorite. It's Handsome Hank. But we've gone on long enough now, and we have a couple interviews. We have Jalen Rose and Jerome Bettis coming up. Let's make this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Black tie. We're doing a two parter, two sides yes! today. Two sides, thus ends side A of today's podcast, episode number 34. But stick around, flip it on over. Look for side B, davedamashek.nfl.com. And, of course, at iTunes, we'll be back in just a moment. Hopefully, so will you.
2: What, Rank? No, I was just going to say, this is not just a great day for football fans everywhere. It's a great day for America. Indeed. I think you've said it all. All right. Right back with more Dave Damashek football program. you listen to Dave Damashek.